Welcome to the Pirate's Eye Podcast, produced by the Seton Hall Alumni Engagement and Philanthropy Department. I'm your host, Bianca Velez, fellow pirate of the class of 2010, and each month I'll be sitting down with an alumnus to chat about their career, their life journey, and the role that Seton Hall played in getting them where they are today, or continues to play. I'm so excited to introduce my guest for this episode. So many members of the Seton Hall community know him and know the name, current Seton Hall Director of Athletics and Recreation, and graduate of the class of 1997, Brian Belt. Brian joins us today to share his Seton Hall story, some insights into Seton Hall's athletic teams, especially as we gear up for another exciting season of basketball. And he breaks down a topic currently buzzing in college athletics, name, image, likeness, also known as NIL. I even asked Brian his prediction on how far our men's basketball team will run this season. So if you want the inside scoop, take a listen. Brian, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for making the time to be here with us today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. There's so much to jump into, your own Seton Hall story, the current season, your role at Seton Hall, the overall alumni community. But one of the topics that is top of mind for some folks is name image likeness. So I wanna jump right into there because I feel like you're a really good resource for us to understand what name image likeness or NIL means and specifically what that means for Seton Hall. Absolutely. No, I mean, there's not a day that goes by that we don't talk about name, image, and likeness in the Seton Hall Athletic Department. So uh, happy to do so. Um, so name, image, and likeness, for those that might not know, um, is the opportunity for a student athlete to earn compensation for their name, image, or likeness. So to put that in a example, if you will, of the very simple reason why it now exists in college athletics, uh, let's take two students. Say you have two students at Seton Hall. Uh, you have a student that uh, is a soccer player and you have another student uh, who just, you know, an average general student that comes to school, but they both have the same major. And it just so happens that they're both really good guitarists. They can both play music. They're talented musicians. Well, the, the general student, the normal student who might, you know, who comes here can sell recordings online, can, you know, do all kinds of things, you know, via, you know, Spotify or YouTube and, and profit off of his ability to play the guitar. The student athlete in the in the old rules wouldn't have had that opportunity because it was been seen as something that that was something they couldn't do as a student athlete. There were restrictions on student athletes. Well, now those rules have certainly loosened and, and rightfully so, by the way. Um, and now a student can profit off of their name and human likeness. Now, either they're ability to do something in that example is one way, or just the idea of them as a student athlete, right? Them being who they are, a good soccer player in this example, because they are a soccer player, they could actually go and put a social media post out there because they play soccer. They could promote a soccer store in a local town and, and make money for that reason. So all of these things that they couldn't do student athletes now through the, the uh, ability of name, image, and likeness is, is permissible. Uh, it has, been in an action now for about two years, almost two years, um, where we're really kind of learning this environment of name, image, and likeness every single day. Uh, we're seeing student athletes certainly profit from it, which is what the intent was. Uh, we're also seeing name, image, and likeness growing uh, specifically within the, 
the main sports of college athletics. So I'm going to talk about the footballs and the basketballs. Those really tend to be the primary sports because they generate revenue and they're on national television, right? So there's right, the sports right. that we all know. And, you know, Saturday, there's a college football game on. You know, every night of the week, you'll find a college basketball game on. So those student right. athletes, certainly their opportunities are going to be greater than what you might find as some as some other sports. Um, so those student athletes are getting a lot of opportunities. Uh, but then it's what's happening is, and it's prop, and it wasn't the intent of NIL, but this is currently the, the the temperature, if you will, of NIL, is that it's being utilized to really kind of. I would I don't want to say recruit because it really shouldn't be used that way, but it's being utilized in a way to attract players to certain mm. universities by saying, it's hey, like a selling point. Yes, come here. Mm -hmm. We'll ensure that you can make uh, uh, more money in your NIL opportunity than you could at said other institutions. So um, so it's kind of there's a lot. It's, and, and that's why I think we talk about this, because I think if on the very face of it, it was just happening the way it was intended to be. I'm not so sure it would be that big a deal. I mean, we right. would have we would be appreciative of it. It'd be great. Student athletes that would have the opportunity to go get it. But what's right. happening is it's become a little bit more. And I think that's why we're having all of these uh, conversations and debates about, you know, should should Congress step in? Should the government step in? Are there different ways? Because states have different rules than other states. Like, how does this have to, we have to figure out better ways to to mandate it or, or the common phrase is find guardrails for it. Uh, and that's, I think, the biggest next step that's going to happen in IL. This thing's going to morph in so many different ways. It continues to change in the two years that it's been operable. I mean, we went from, when it got an, uh, announced that the universities could have very little conversation about or involvement in it. Now we can help fundraise for it. Um, mm. But I think that's that's the next step in all this explanation is what I think our folks need to know, and specifically our alumni need to know is you can't make a gift to Seton Hall University or Seton Hall Athletics for NIL. If, if you have a local business as an alum, you can definitely engage with a student athlete and pay them, compensate them to promote your business. Totally permissible. You can't come to me to help you do it. Got it. it has to go directly to the student athlete or what is what is a very common place now in this NIL world are collectives mm -hmm. and every school and, and at, at our level in division one, we have our own collective and most schools have collectives, which are groups that operate outside of the university uh, or the athletic department that are helping trying to raise money to create opportunities for student athletes. So our collective is called Onward Setonia, and that okay. is collective run by several alumni, and they're out there and, and they've been wonderful and they check in with us for all compliance reasons and all the things we can help them with, the checks and the balances, but they're out there really doing all of the work to help raise money for this, uh, with our guidance, certainly. But, uh, right. and I can help fundraise for it. I can help them fundraise for it, but we can't actually take compensation for it. That has to happen on the outside, really, with a collective or directly to a student athlete. So I, that's a lot. I know that's a big answer, um, but that, <laughs> and, and trust me, we've only scratched the surface because it, it does run pretty deep. Yeah, no, I think that's really helpful. And I think another piece to the NIL is that there's a level of concern as well for these young people who might be looking at some pretty hefty deals. And what does that mean for such a young person to be in the works of, of deals that are that are looking at six and seven figures and being able to responsibly manage and you know how do we you know you use the term guardrail but also how do we think about the student and protecting the student and all, all the things that come with like financial well-being financial stability and um, smart 
personal finances. So I know that's another level to the conversation as well. As you mentioned, it could just get deeper and deeper and deeper. It could, yeah. But your point, Bianca, education is critically important and education is what we're all about. So uh, we've invested a tremendous amount in that as an athletic department to ensure that our student athletes are understanding of tax laws and understanding mm -hmm. of contracts uh, wow. because those are all things now that are very prominent in their world should they be taking advantage of an nil opportunity so uh we provide education modules to them we bring in guest speakers uh to really kind of help them with this process and and that is one of my big worries in this world of nil right like i can't i mean the irs is going to have some kind of report of, at some point after this after this has gone through a few iterations here and we're saying you know who, who's not paying their taxes or you know they these are things they're gonna have to learn now it's great education for them but um but we as a department as an athletic department our commitment is to ensure that those our student athletes do have that education yeah so critical to the strategy so thank you for sharing that and now you have a personal relationship with the entire environment that you're working in as an alum yourself. And so um, what, what does Seton Hall mean to you? Where does your story begin? What brought oh, you here in the first place? Oh, well, it's kind of funny. Yeah, you, you talked about my connection or my relationship. I came to Seton Hall, I, this is gonna sound, uh, I knew of Seton Hall because of basketball. I, I grew up, I'm originally from North Jersey. I'm originally from Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. Jersey, you know, born in Jersey, loved Jersey, lived in Jersey most of my life, but I didn't really grow up in Jersey. My formidable years, really, if you will, from late elementary school through the end of high school and graduating high school was in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia. Okay. And I mean, I left Jersey when I was like eight and um, I was, this was, was like 1989, which we all have our 1989 stories at Seton Hall. <laughs> and uh, 89, I watched on TV this miraculous run by this, small Catholic school from New Jersey, uh, you know, beat Duke and, you know, go all the way to the championship game, the whole deal. And I was captivized, just I think like most all of us in the Northeast, but certainly across the country. Uh, and I became a fan. Honestly, I really did. I became a fan as a freshman in high school that year. And I never lost it. And, you know, that and the teams were really good those years in the early 90s, too. So I was really just a big fan. I grew up in Villanova country. I was grew up in Villanova and Temple country. And um I was just so fixated on it. And I was a broadcast, I wanted to be a broadcast journalism major. I knew it at a young age. I, I, I was very into that idea of uh, of, of produ production and, and, and even being in front of cameras and things like that. So Seton Hall to me was near New York City. So I was like, whoa, like I love this basketball team. What they're doing got me so intrigued and New York City, that's where I want to get back to. I want to go there. And so it just kind of, it clicked for me and I came here in, um, I didn't come at first. I transferred in after, I went to a, a junior college for a year. Um, and came here in 19, I guess it would be 1994. I arrived on this campus. So, um, but basketball is what turned me on to Seton Hall. And that's what I, that's how I learned of it really, you know? So help me understand, cause you come to Seton Hall, you're in love with Seton Hall basketball. That's what draws you in. That's what, you know, a lot of your career has to do with afterward, but that wasn't initially the route, right? So you came in, you're looking at broadcasts you transition, you do work in television and production. Is that right? I did, yeah, for several years, yeah, after college. Yeah. And then you make your way back. So how does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> Some days I don't even know the answer to that question because it just feels <laughs> like a blur. But so, yeah, I was very fortunate during my time at Seton Hall and I learned, I mean, the, what Seton Hall has given to me, I, I don't even think there's a podcast that could capture it because it's, it's, it's literally <laughs> yeah. been the most, one of the most influential things in my life has been this university uh, and the people. 
a part of it, but I consider that's what that that, that the whole thing is. I encompasses everything, right? I mean, Absolutely. I met my wife here for God's sakes. I mean, everything mm -hmm. happened here. So, but so I came back. So I graduated Seton Hall. I was very fortunate. Broadcast journalism. I did internships when I was here. Got a job at MSNBC before I really had even graduated. That had offered me a full time position, and uh, and really just got hit the ground running. Production assistant, associate producer, kind of worked my way through uh, MSNBC, NBC. Uh, finished at CNN for a little while, and I got a phone call. Uh, I kind of had known I was in television news. I always thought it'd be more entertainment or sports, but I really was kind of my my success or my you know, early very moderate moderate success was was in television news. And I didn't know if that was really where my future lied. Uh, so I was really starting to question my next steps. And I had a really uh, one of my poignant phone calls was from a friend of mine named Michael Oakes, uh, who was a basketball manager during my time here. So I knew him because I worked in the athletic department as a student. And Michael's like, hey, listen, you have any interest in fundraising? My initial answer was no, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't really know what it was. I was like, that's a job. And uh, he's like, yeah, you'd be great. You got, you should come over here. We're looking for some fundraisers. You know, this was um, maybe a year. It was almost a year after the the, the fire in Boland, and they, they were trying to retool the fundraising department and advancement department, if you will. And I just was like, I don't know, Mike. It just it sounds very far fetched to me. Um, I had just been married uh, about a month before he called me. Two months before he called me, and she was. And again, my wife comes through here with the save, and she's. She's like, you really should think about this. You love Seton Hall. You, 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 we, she went to Seton Hall. She's like, wouldn't it be great? Go back and get your master's. I was like, I didn't want my master's. I didn't want my master's. I was like, no, it's not. I don't <laughs> no, even that talk sounds about. terrible. <laughs> it just none of the things that I'm doing now were ever in the cards at that time in my life. 2001, 2002. I just never imagined it. And uh, some days I still can't figure out how it happened. But so eventually I, I, I took the interview, had an amazing time on the interview. Still was totally dumbfounded as what am I going to do with fundraising? Somehow they gave me the job, and uh, and uh, and I I was running like the university phonathon. It was a it was a you know entry entry level really fundraising job, and um, I think I learned probably in that first year that fundraising wasn't what I thought. Right, I get it. It's the art of you know it's yes for money, and you know it was really just relationships. At the end yeah. of the day, it was full on ninety nine point nine percent relationships, and I was like, well, I could do that. Exactly. I said, so I can talk about seat in the hall with people, build a relationship. And then I just got to work in, hey, you know, looking, we're looking to raise some money for this project. Would you be interested? I was like, I think I can figure this out. And uh, I mean, I don't know if I figured it out, but it got me where I needed to go. And, and I did it for a while and I loved every minute of it. I, and listen, fundraising is still a huge aspect of the job I have here now. Um, but, you know, to get to the final point of your question, I worked in fundraising for many years, 16 years here. I, I thought wow. I would literally be here. I literally, the plan was, you know, I was going to be here, get my master's, because my wife kept telling me, you should get your master's. And I was probably going to go back to TV. And <laughs> 16 years later, that 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 was gone. And I was fortunate enough to get an athletic director job. And I realized as I did fundraising for the university and then eventually for athletics, um, that I was like, wow, this could be a pathway to to something really great. And I, and I never would have imagined in a million years about being an athletic director. It just never was a thought. And and look at what happened. <laughs> so now, then you took a little hiatus from Seton Hall. We saw, we said our farewells to you. You went to St. Peter's and, and then we welcomed you back home. And so how did it feel to come back after working at St. Peter's for a bit? I truly actually, uh, it was, oh my God, it was amazing. I was uh, I was pretty emotional about it actually because I never thought I'd come back. 
not in a negative way. Understand sure. that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I figured, all right, I got to go be an AD. I want to go be an AD. And, yeah. you know, Pat Lyons, by the way, I, I want to give him a mention. Pat Lyons was the athletic director here um, while I worked here for many of my years and was a tremendous mentor. And he gave me great advice. He's like, listen, you got to go do this. You know, there's no yeah. training wheels on this this job, you know, at this level. You're going to have to right. go do it maybe at a little lower level. And I was like, yeah, that's great advice. You're right. And I was very fortunate because I got the opportunity to go be the athletic director at St. Peter's, which was a, another you know sp- small Catholic school in New Jersey. I didn't have to move my family. You know, these there's only 300 mm. and there's only 350 of these jobs. There's only 350 wow. Division One AD jobs around that number. I thought for sure I'd probably have to move my family. And I am married to a Jersey girl. So that was not going to be really an option, I didn't think. <laughs> so the <laughs> fact that St. Peter's came into my life was extraordinary. Uh, I, I have a special place in my heart for everyone at St. Peter's and for my time there. And then I, I spent two years there. I thought it would have been much, much longer. And I got a phone call that said that this job was going to be open and would I have interest in applying? And I was like, well, yeah, of course I would. <laughs> but I just couldn't, I actually couldn't even believe it. And uh, went through the process and I'm back home again. Could, and we're so and we're so happy to see it. We're so happy to see well, it. You're very kind. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gearing up. We're gearing up for a tremendous season in Seton Hall basketball. We have Holloway back for the second season. What are the things that you are excited about? What are the things that our Seton Hall community should be excited about? Give us the give us the inside scoop. It's pretty extraordinary that, by the way, that I that I know I got to come home, but I got to bring my guy home back home with me. Like we both right. got to kind of do this. Like I hired him at St. Peter's and then to hire him back here. It it really is kind of storybook in a, in, in a weird way. And and him and I yeah. talk about it pretty frequently. Um, other than having Sheen Holloway back on on campus, he's was an ex- obviously an amazing student athlete here. Uh, has been a great coach as an assistant coach for many years, and now to be our head coach and what he did at St. Peter's in his time is. It was it was amazing. So uh, it's great to be with him again. I think people noticed the excitement with our program. I think we everyone felt it when you know. I've been to two a lot of press conferences in my day. <laughs> Shaheen Holloway's press conference last year when he returned and got this job in April of last year could be one of the most truly just absolutely amazing moments I've ever had in any job. And and to see the Seton Hall community embrace somebody the way they did with Shaq coming back and all that was amazing. So it's really cool. And you felt that excitement then, you still have it now. He's done a nice job. He's continuing to, to every day to kind of build what he wants here, his vision, what he's looking for in a basketball team. Uh, I think if you watch what he did at St. Peter's, it's a lot of you know, he put a lot of the building blocks together that he's going to do here as well. Uh, he likes a group that really knows how to buy in. He's all about team. He's going to, he, he has all these great, um, you know, there's just fundamental things that he's such a believer in, and he will put that together. It is a new and different time, as we talked about, you know, a little while ago with NIL. So it it, it certainly isn't an easy task, yeah. um, but he's done a heck of a job. He's got, he's got a young group this year. Um, he's got kids, you know, young men from all different places. And that's kind of the way you have to put together a team now in the name and engine license likeness world and the transfer world. So he's done that. He's excited about his group. I think they're, uh, they, while they certainly are unproven, um, they have high expectations of themselves. Uh, they work incredibly hard. And I think he really loves the fact that, and I do too, that they're going to be very under the radar and we hope to, what we'll do is surprise a lot of people. Um, but I think our fans, um, they looked at Shaw that way, right? You know, and he's a guy that looks, you know, make me the underdog, please. I dare you. You know, that, that, that's that, that's all I want. And 
he embraces that. I think our fan base embraces that. And uh, we're excited for the season ahead. Oh, I'm sure of it. I think a lot of people are excited for the season ahead. So we're looking forward to jumping in and riding that roller coaster. And I want to show some love to the other Seton Hall sports, right? Because we're, we're a big basketball school. Um, and so talk to me a little bit about what what you you all in the athletic department might be excited about in terms of the rest of the Seton Hall athletics department. I will tell you this. I think all of our sports are just are trending in that right direction. And we've had some really um, tremendous success in the last several years. Um, last year, our women's softball team was Big East champions, uh, which was I was there in Connecticut. They went on a, an absolutely uh, monumental run in the Big East tournament to uh, to beating DePaul, beating uh, Villanova, beating UConn, just beating teams that were, you know, some of the bigger teams in the conference in terms of softball and, and went on a great run, got to go to the NCAA tournament down in Texas. Uh, Angie Churchill, who's our coach in softball, has done a simply just tremendous job. Um, we won the year before we won the men's golf championship. Uh, and another and another great success story with our golf program. Uh, we've won a men's soccer Big East championship in the in the last few years. Um, so we've we, our sports are really really doing a nice job. Women's soccer had one of the best seasons in their history this year. Uh, volleyball is on the verge of making the postseason for the first time in 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 quite some time, probably like seven or eight years at least. So wow. a lot of our sports are really trending the right way. Baseball continues to be just one of the foundational sports in our program. I always say this is when you're talking about the Shepherd family and Rob Shepherd, who's our longtime coach, and his father right. Mike Shepherd, who helped build this program. Uh, he is the, the the gold standard. I like to say in terms of a lot of things we do around here because he builds. He's put together just a program that every year out is going to be really competitive. So every year baseball continues to do that. Um, so I, I, a lot of our sports have a lot of great reasons to be excited. Uh, our fans have a lot to be excited when they see our program in terms of the progress we're making and the success we've had. Um, so I'm, 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 I, our sports get me all, all of them get our, get me excited. And we have a lot of great coaches and we have a lot of new coaches in the last few years who have really brought a great deal of energy to our program. How does it feel for you to be in leadership in the athletic department, to be a fan, to be an alum? There's, there's so much intersection. I think it, it would be so different maybe for someone who doesn't feel like they came from the university. They're from that community. That community kind of, you know, cultivated who they are as a working professional. So you've got the intersection of working professional, alum, your own Seton Hall story that spans so many years. How does that all come together in one day emotionally, mm -hmm. energetically for you? I think sometimes I have to, I, I don't know if I do it anymore. Maybe I've become immune to it, but it's funny that you ask that because I look at it the way of, you know, I walked around this campus. I walk around this campus days. And I'm like, oh man, I remember when I was a kid, you know, I'd sit here or I was in this position or, you know, like that memory, you can't shake that. That's always a part of, you know, I have so many memories here, but then you're also a fan, right? I'm an alum. I've been a fan of this. I mean, this place is, you know, as we talked about, I mean, of course I'm a massive fan, but you have to kind of, you know, again, you're also the job. That requires you to be, you know, you have to make decisions a certain way. You can't make them as a fan. You can't mm. make them as an alum. You have to make them, you know, as an athletic director. So right. you, you have to check yourself a little bit sometimes, I guess. But I, I think when I say I'm immune to it, I think I'm so, when you lock yourself into the role, um, I think it kind of all becomes, uh, that other stuff just kind of falls to the side. Like people used to tell me all the time, how are you going to go to St. Peter's? Like you're a pirate. And I'm like... <laughs> I, and and my wife will tell you, my my wife could she had the hardest adjustment out of anybody when we went to St. Peter's because she had to leave. Because I was like, listen, 
you root for the paycheck at the end of the day. Like I'm a, I'm a peacock and I put and I wear St. Peter's proudly and I put all the seat and all stuff in a, in a bin and I put it away because I was like, I, I know I'm always alone. <laughs> this is my role because in these jobs, these are, I, I, I don't ever want to, like, I have a great work-life balance, don't get me wrong, but these jobs, you, they will swallow you in the sense like, this is your life. I mean, I, yeah. my life is, is Seton Hall is a massive fabric of my everyday life. Yeah. You know, my, my kids are part of it. My wife are part of it because I think that helps to be honest with you, my work-life balance. But right. so you, you just embody it so much because it, listen, it's, it's nights, it's weekends. I mean, you know, sports don't happen at, you know, noon on a Tuesday, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you right. really have to kind <laughs> right. of, you know what I'm saying? Like you, I, I wish they did trust me. It'd be great. But I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think there's a, there's that aspect of it where it becomes part of who you are. And I don't mind that. I love that because I love what I get to do. So yeah, um, there's a balance to no doubt, but you know, it's easy when you love it as much as I do. It's so interesting that you mentioned kind of like being able to break down those different compartments and live within, you know, a particular compartment in a particular moment um, because, you know, the energy can just, you know, really take anybody. And there's so many things in your story that you mentioned that I think so many other alumni, including myself, can relate to. It's so funny because I found my way to Seton Hall also to um, pursue broadcast journalism. Right. And, and then so I spent my years focused on that, went on to work in broadcast journalism, digital media, transitioned to Advancement for a Small um, High School. That was my alma mater in uh, Bayonne Marist High School. And then found myself at Seton Hall working in advancement as well. And so it's like so interesting the way that, you know, kind of you envision maybe one career, one track for your profession, and then it takes you in another direction. And I found myself walking around Seton Hall every day saying like, I remember just having all these flashbacks. I remember this. I remember this. I remember this. And you cannot not have the flashbacks. Like they don't yeah. disappear. Right. So it's so distinct from working at another place where you don't have such core memories, such transformative right. experiences. So yeah. it really is a is an interesting thing that I think a, a lot of alumni who work at Seton Hall can relate to. Alumni who visit Seton Hall, of course, right? Like that's the experience yeah. that they're having as well. So, so many things that you mentioned, including the sense of community and the people um, being so pivotal in your experience. And I, I interview so many alumni and the common thread all the time is like the sense of community that they felt at Seton Hall that was transformative for them. That was, that was it, right? That's the hook. That's what brings you in. And I, and I want to transition to what that means for, you know, a diehard Seton Hall community who's tracing back to all of their different experiences with the university. How do we encourage those folks to then make an investment in the overall betterment and community enrichment of the university? You know, we're talking a lot about a practice facility that Seton Hall um, is campaigning for, and that being one of the ways that folks can support you know what what do you what do you envision for the community in terms of support and investment in Seton Hall yeah so uh before I get that's a great great question so to your point we were saying earlier in your, in your comments which I really enjoyed there are so many of us here you know I, I'm yeah I'm I, I we talk about me we have I mean not only Sheen Holloway Tony Bazella our women's basketball coach JT Harper our golf I mean we have coaches administrators we have over a quarter of the staff in our department are Seton Hall alum so it <laughs> yeah. makes it makes what you talk about 
uh, I guess, easier in a sense, right? Because you have such a connection, you have such a love. And I've had people that aren't Seton Hall alums when they work, that, that work here in our department that'll say to me, I'm always amazed at how many of you went to Seton Hall here, you know, and, and you work here. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, because you just, you love, you, if, if this is what this place will do to you, right? It's the people, right. you want to be around the people, but you love the place. So I think that kind of helps into your, the latter part of your question. You know, we, we work really hard to recruit not only student athletes, but to recruit ambassadors and people to support our program. And it's an absolutely critical piece to any collegiate athletic programs. College athletics is such a great extension uh, of a university. You know, it, it represents a school in a, in, a, in a certain way. I mean, we talk about basketball and football earlier, right? Those are on national TV all across the country. It, it, it's, it's, it's great marketing for Seton Hall University. I mean, we're on national television you know, 30, 40 times a year. Mm. Um, that's a big deal. So we're, right. and knowing that everything we do, the way we carry ourselves, the way we represent ourselves represents the university. And we're trying to recruit support for all these things, you know, as, as Seton Hall does with alumni support, it's just, it's so important. So specifically, as you mentioned, the practice facility, um, the university, uh, I'm, I'm so thankful to Dr. Nair and his time here uh, when he set forth the priorities of this camp, this, uh, you know, this this campaign that we're that we're kind of uh, undertaking was, hey, we have we need priorities. What are our priorities? And the endowment was certainly one. A new student right. center was certainly one, which we have now yeah. have, which is absolutely yeah. spectacular. Super and, exciting. And a basketball practice facility, because I think it was it was clear that basketball has always been uh, a great part of what our institution represents. Uh, and listen, I tell people all the time, as we just said, it got me here. I, I, say that I, would, I don't know if I would have known without that. And right. so it's important. So we're building this facility um, to not only support men's basketball and women's basketball, but to support the entire campus community. So um, it, it encompasses much more than just a bas new basketball court and all the facilities that you need for the teams. But it also will require it'll also give us a new fitness center. We will reconfigure the structure, the, the setup in the uh, fitness center, new flooring, new curtain system, all that kind of stuff. When, women's basketball facilities will be enhanced. Men's basketball facilities will have this new uh, new uh, space. Um, and it really is important to the brand. Uh, it's important to our program and to our student athletes, and it helps us remain competitive in a very competitive world yeah. uh, of the Big East basketball. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's important, and we've had some tremendous support. Uh, we broke ground uh, just a few months ago. Uh, the project is underway. We expect it to hopefully wrap up in early 2025. Uh, it will be an absolute game changer for our program. Uh, and we've seen a lot of programs within our conference do this. Providence, Georgetown, Villanova, they have built very similar facilities in the last few years and how you know helpful it can be. So I'm excited. I know our coaching staffs, our students are excited uh, and we need the continued support of our alumni to help make it a reality. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think about, you know, when you're there doing the work every day, focused on the task of the day, the strategy, you may not get a chance to kind of, or maybe you do, so this is the question, kind of fly above it all, right? Go all the way up and think about how years from now, fast forward years from now, you yourself will have been part of such a historic time in Seton Hall's advancement and development, and you play such a role in that. Do you ever think about that? And if you do, like, how does that make you feel? What is it like to, you know, come out and say, in the future, this will be such a pivotal moment for Seton Hall, such a, a historic moment 
and I'm part of building that. You know, I it's it's it, it, when you put it that way, it, it kind of hits me hits me a little bit more to be honest with you because I don't know if I necessarily think that way. I think every day I want to make sure we're moving forward though. Every day this program is getting better somehow or, or some and and then listen, every day sometimes it, it's not every day a step forward. Maybe there's a step backwards that helps you take the two steps forward. You know, the, you know the old adage. Absolutely. But, but that's part of it and, and and every decision that I think we make here and I certainly that I have to make, I'm always thinking about well, how does this help us? How does this make us better? What does it do for our student athletes? Uh, really, at the end of the day, that is probably the most important question that I have to ask and answer myself. Um, so, yeah, I, I, do I pitch myself though? Probably every little, every now and then, and say, "Wow, you know what? Look at we, look where we've come," and maybe I got to play a little bit of a part in that. Yeah, sure. I, I think it's safe to say to an extent. I mean, I've gotten to be around for some amazing accomplishments uh, on this staff during my 16 years previously, and now certainly my. Almost what'll be almost five years now as the athletic director. Um, certainly, every little every Big East championship we win kind of hits you know hits a little different because you're like oh wow you know what when you when when a coach will tell you when you you know you don't you start out with this blank canvas when you build a team or you do what you have to do and then to reach that that moment of winning a championship that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so those moments always kind of make you stop. Yeah, like like yeah. as to what you say like yeah every now and then sure I suppose I do think that way I try to think more of in the framework of are we doing what's going to get us better today? I love when you just answered that because immediately I thought of the model, right? Hazard set forward, always forward despite any of the circumstances. And you're just embodying the model that we're all taught to, to live by. And it's a, it's a strong one and it's a good one. Yeah, you're right. And I want to ask if, if alumni are listening, if anybody from the Seton Hall community is listening, what is the one takeaway that you want them to walk away from or two takeaways you want them to walk away from from today's conversation? Well, I tell you, I, I hope people understand that um, the importance of an athletic department to the to the life of a university. And I think most of our alumni do. I really do. I've always felt that way. I think, you know, when I get to go to games and see the excitement uh, of our fan base in the crowds or when I get to walk in an airport with a Seton Hall pirate on my chest and someone says, go pirates, or when I'm in the supermarket, someone says, I, I love, that's like the, that's the best, right? Because it's a rallying, we're the biggest, I think, you know, athletics is such a great, you know, rallying um, piece for any university. So I want people to understand that it's important. We need them to be part of that. Come to games, you know, support our student athletes, come to games, support your alma mater, um, make contributions when you can. I Listen, I get it. Everybody's going to have to pay their share of, you know, I trust me, I paid mine, right? In terms of student loans and everybody's got bills. I, listen, I get Same that. Here. <laughs> you know, and I think about all the time, like before I got into fundraising, I never had made a gift to Seton Hall. And I'm kind of like, why Why is that? You know, I don't know why I wouldn't have ever thought of that. Like, But it just, philanthropy sometimes isn't always top of mind for people. I get that. Trust me, I was in, I've been in fundraising a long time. I know it. <laughs> and um, I think if anybody can get anything out of today's conversation, it's, you know, a contribution um, sometimes doesn't always have to be fiscal. Uh, it can be showing up. It mm -hmm. can be coming to a game. It can be... Um, it can be being an ambassador, you know, spreading the good word of what we're trying to do. Talk about this practice facility. Let people know about, hey, there's ways to get involved. Let people know about NIL now and how important that is to our lives of our student athletes and how can they help there. Onwards to .com, by the way. And uh, so, I mean, there's like a lot of ways that I, I want people to get that out of it. That There's so many ways that they can help uh, and that their help is truly, truly needed. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, I have to ask you in terms of the men's basketball season, are we taking this or not? Are we taking this? You're gonna learn one thing I learned in this job, you don't ever make predictions. So you should have a hard time backing into that corner. That will never no. go well for any athletic director. 
a try. <laughs> I, I appreciate the effort. Uh, I have three children at home that can give you all the predictions you want. So don't worry. <laughs> I have to deal with them when I get home. They're the, my harshest critics. Uh. <laughs> Brian, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. I have learned a tremendous amount. Thank you for talking us through, you know, your journey and what it's been like, the work that you do, the contributions you make to the Seton Hall community the contributions the Seton Hall community makes back to you and to the department. Um, so it's been really great. Um, thank you for taking the time out to, to chat with us. And we're looking forward to having you back on the show because I think there's so many more directions that we can go in. Absolutely. Always happy to do that. This has been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate all you do and I appreciate the podcast. And uh, I thank you for the opportunity. And as always, go Pirates. That's right. Brian is one of more than 100,000 alumni who demonstrate what great minds can do with a Seton Hall education. Remember to stay up to date with all of Seton Hall's alumni engagement opportunities. Share the news of this podcast with your friends. Be sure to follow us on social media at Seton Hall alumni. And of course, if you know of a pirate we should have our eye on, do not hesitate to email us at alumni at shu.edu. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the Seton Hall Pirate's Eye Podcast.